peeps. This is the NGA podcast with me, Denny. And me, Lewis. And you can find us on all social media platforms at NGA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. I'd and MySpace. No, I'm joking because they worked over there. Oh, did they? Yeah, there was some, there was some thing going on where um, they had like a, something happened in space, like 12 years of. Um, worth of data or something got deleted but everyone's like nah you just took it from because you posted that shit and paid for things that you know Fair don't enough. exist or shit so yeah um just a, a quick reminder guys there is actually a competition running on our instagram page uh basically probably in the next week or so i think i'm gonna sit down with denny we're just gonna scroll through our followers and pick one at random uh and whoever that is they're gonna win a a luxurious handcrafted artisan easter egg um the the guy who makes them he's a he's a like next high level chocolatier dude and he's only making eight so you're having one of eight of these uh these easter eggs they cost me an arm and leg people so make sure you you know you get on instagram at nga podcast just give us a like if you see the picture of the eggs you see the, the ones that he's uh he's just been trialing uh give that one a like as well just so i know who it is see who deserves a little extra treat at easter time um Today we talked a little bit about what's been going on in New Zealand, uh, a little bit about Brexit, a little bit about the politics stuff going on in America with the Mueller report and reparations, reparations to people from a uh, family of slaves and even a little bit about abortion laws. We talked about a lot of political shit, but generally I think the, the um, theme for today is dumb motherfuckers who pick their sides and aren't willing to budge. That's about it. So as always, we're not very well qualified, but we do have a wealth of knowledge from the University of Life. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy. And welcome to another sexual episode of <laughs> No Great Areas. What's up, Den? How you doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Obviously, uh, we're actually going to avoid pretty much any reference to sexual s stuff today, to be fair. But we'll try. I just thought I'd be naughty. Uh, what's been going on, bro? Um, not much. Um, I keep saying that, but actually, I've been pretty happy. Um, I was out last night for my mate's birthday. Shout out Sabrina um, and everyone who joined us. Um, we were at Garage Nation at Scala in London. Oh, you guys went? I remember talking about it. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. She didn't let us. She didn't. She didn't let us forget that. Did you guys dress up like old school nineties gear as well? I did. I did actually. I had the old. Uh, well, actually, so I had this jumper on that had like sparkly thingy me and it was very. 90s garagey type glitter glamour type thing but anyway um i think it was the old father shoes that were back trainers as well back then i i got a pair but a lot of people used to wear back in the garage days i think oh, there was a few people out who it's like they dusted them off or something found them in the back of their cupboard got no father shoes um yeah it was good though um other than that been working other than that just been chilling keeping up with uh, what's been going on Mm. Do you know what, bro? I, I almost completely forgot, and we were talking before, but it, it pretty much evaded me. I didn't cuss you out. Oh. You, oh. you recommended I go see Captain Marvel. That film. Oh, okay. Oh, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel first. Okay. Sorry, bro. I just have to do it. That film was so overhyped. I mean, okay. I know some people were like, oh, Black Panther was so overhyped. Just because no, it was Black a movie of Black Old Star like cast. I was like, mate, I thought Black Panther was yeah. a, a pretty decent it film. Don't Panther get me wrong. Sick. It didn't have the most interesting, complicated, nuanced storyline. But as I've said many a time before, tell me a Marvel movie that does. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. So I was like, it's, 
I thought it was decent. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best Marvel movie, but I wouldn't say by far I wouldn't say it's the worst. Well, I, so, I, I think apart from um, uh, uh, Infinity Wars, I still think actually, is it? I was going to say, actually, apart from Infinity Wars, it was quite complex. And I was thinking, oh, actually, then there was Winter Soldier. Actually, and there was Captain America: Civil War. Actually, so forget that. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll top five. I was watching it and I was just like, this is literally like a have to do movie because if she just turns up in Endgame they're like who's this bitch where she come yeah, from yeah, yeah. and this just explains her backstory which isn't even all that I didn't find it all that interesting so to tell the truth right hopefully if Disney go through with this deal to buy Fox and they can bring X-Men it can make it potentially a lot more interesting with the whole rogue crossover and, yeah, and yeah. stuff but um I was speaking to my friend about this and I was like, I enjoyed it. It was definitely was a backfill. They de- I definitely agree with what you're saying. They had to give her origin story, you know, just to try and fit her in there. But when I was watching it, I'm still like, forget Thanos, the Avengers was pissed off. There was nothing, she didn't, they didn't give her enough powers to make me think, wow, she's going to save the universe against, against Thanos. Yeah. And... It was. I I felt like it was. It was. I think. I think the Marvel films have been pushing with what we were used to with regards to superhero films, and I think that was as good as we used to get pre Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Probably yeah. Yeah. But I liked it. For me, it was still. It still filled in a gap, and it was all right. It was all right. Right. So, little little thing that happened as well. Right. So I I pretty much always go to Showcase Cinema in Winners. Oh yeah. yeah. That cinema locally is the best cinema locally. Okay. So if anyone's thinking, what the hell, it's uh, the Bracknell Junction off the M4. Except you don't go left towards Bracknell, you go right. And it's like the, the winner, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like the yeah. second exit off that turn. Anyway, it's like 12 quid because you did two for one with your Meerkats thing. And every seat in the cinema is recliner, fully adjustable recliner stuff, right? So it's decent. Yeah. There's, there's decent amounts of space. It's all good. Well, I was sitting there watching a movie, right? And I went to just put my, like, bend my leg to put my foot up on the seat. And I got cramp on the inside of my, like, going literally from my groin yeah. all the way to my knee, all down the leg. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to, I was trying to rub my leg and stuff, just trying to get rid of it. I didn't want to look weird, look like I'm beating off in the cinema or something. <laughs> so I'm, like, rubbing my leg, like, damn, man, this it's not good. So after about a minute or two, thinking, this really hurts. Like, you know, normally you get cramp. Everything in the world just stops yeah. until the cramp yeah. has gone. I was trying to soldier through it. So then uh, I walk to the end of the aisle and I sit on the stairs and they've got like lots of little landings that are big enough for you to sit on, yeah. on the staircase. So I sit on this little landing that's on the road that I'm on and I, I go into like box splits just to try and stretch out that side of my, my, my leg. I stand for hitting my leg, trying to, trying to get some life back into it. As I'm doing this, not only does it not get better and, and get slightly worse, the other leg starts Ooh. to cramp up as well. And I was like, you son of a bitch, this can't get any worse. So I was like, I'm I'm done. Now I know if I get cramp, the the easiest way to solve it quickly is to eat a handful of salt. Sounds disgusting. Handful of salt, neck some water and you're good. Okay. I used to do it sometimes when I'd ride home from training back in the day. um, If I'd get cramp, I'd literally have like a little couple of sachets of salt in my bag. So, um, so I waddle out of the cinema, right, down the stairs. I'm walking like an old school cowboy who's been riding a horse for like <laughs> seven days straight. 
waddle down to the, the end of the corridor, escalators there. I'm holding myself up off the escalators because just standing is really painful. So I'm like trying to float down the escalator, get to the escalator, waddle over to the food counter. And I'm like, I need a bottle of water now. And the woman's like, I'm sorry, sir, we're closed. <laughs> I looked at her dead in the eye, right? With the most evil intent. I was like, I need fucking bottle of water now. <laughs> and I've got sweat dripping down me, everything. <laughs> and this guy is like, I'll get you water from Costa because they've got Costa yeah, inside. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you do that, bruv. You fucking do that now. <laughs> so he goes off, gets a, while he's doing that, I'll grab a handful of sachets and I'll start ripping them up, pouring them into the palm of my hand. I've got a mound of salt in the palm of my hand. And all these staff members are just standing around watching me like, what is he going to do with them? Yeah, What's yeah. he doing? I just knock it straight in my mouth, drink the water, and I'm like, ah, thank you so much. Ah, so <laughs> like, literally, after about 10, 15 seconds, the pain was gone. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, uh, and the woman was like, I'm so sorry, sir. I didn't realise you were in pain. I wanted to apologise for talking to her like a yeah, dick, but yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'm off now. <laughs> <laughs> I went back up. I felt like was I didn't. Was that Marvel? Was that uh, Marvel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't feel like I missed anything. Tell the truth. I watched it in uh, 4DX as okay. well. So that might have added to it as well. Probably. I actually watched it in 2D. Oh, okay. That's so, when. So the, have you been to the 4DX cinemas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're on the hydraulic seats and getting thrown yeah. around. Do you know what? I went to one in um, Dubai mm. and they even. Well, I went to watch Tar Tarzan. Oh, okay. And uh, you know. Like uh, there was a bit where it was going through the rainforest mm. and they sprayed mist into the air yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I swear they went next levels because I could smell freshly cut grass. Oh shit! And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Nah, this yeah. is too good. But then I was like, twenty. I think it was about thirty quid a ticket yeah. for that thing. I was like, for thirty quid a ticket, you damn right and getting freshly <laughs> cut grass. <laughs> I was like, I was like, when they have that fight scene, I want someone to come punch me in the face. <laughs> yeah. I want to be fully immersed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah it was man. good. It was good. But yeah, I watched it in that. There was a part when she was like spiraling down don't, towards Don't her. spoil it for bruv. Don't spoil it. No spoilers. And the amount that the, the seats on the hydraulics were slipping shaking, I felt like I was on a fucking roller coaster kind of thing. It was it I almost felt like this is too much. Fair enough. <laughs> it's like it was so nearly falling off my seat. Um Yeah, should we uh crack on? Have you got by the way, have you got salt with you today? No, I don't man, but I've been uh, I've been rehydrating fully. I mean obviously good, good. you saw um I've been I've been trying to cut some weight. I've been trolling you, and the trolling's only going to get worse. So uh, if Mate, you, I'm getting on it. I'm getting on it. Come Monday, I'm getting bang on it. Listen, I'm I've already it. got people set up to start trolling oh. you even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't already follow the NJ podcast page, I'm gonna be posting some <laughs> shit on there soon. <laughs> Check it out. I do. All right, I need to get you at the gym. I'm gonna start. Putting my uh, putting out my phone at the gym and taking some pictures so I can reply. You need to, bro. You need to. I've got oh, it set up. Shit. But you know, um, I went in. Uh, I went in on Friday. I did my my normal workout, and uh, there's a guy who comes in. He he must be like maybe mid mid to late twenties, and uh, like light skinned black guy. And whenever I see him, he's always like he'll always give me a little nod and a smile and that because. He sees like I'm I'm trying to make my gains and that and yeah. and he everyone comes up and chats to him because he does some really weird unorthodox workouts. Okay. Like he'll be on the treadmill with one kettlebell in his arm, just walking every now and again doing a lunge or something. He's okay. a bit man, but he is shredded. Yeah. He looks like he got attacked by a ninja, but he just cut up all <laughs> over. And uh, I went down to the changing room 
I need to get changed. He's getting changed as well. And I just look over and I'm like, he's got a bigger chest than me, right? Obviously, man's hench. And I was like, he's got a bigger chest than me, but nah, he's not that much more shredded than me, I don't think. I, I mean, I was like, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. And he took his vest off up and his abs was like a carton of eggs. I was like, shit, don't kid yourself, boy. <laughs> I said, like, you got a long way to go. So yeah, bro. But, uh, but yeah, now I did my, my workout in the sauna with layers on. Yeah. And uh, that, so that picture that I posted on the NJ page, I hadn't, I hadn't touched the shower. That was just all sweat. And so I was in there, I was like running on the spot, press ups, burpees, sit ups, leg raises, the lot, just running circuits. Yeah. And no one stayed in the sauna with me for more than like two minutes. And I don't think it was because it was How long hot. How for? About 20, 25 minutes. Oh. Excuse my language. And uh, we say a lot worse than that. I've been swearing. Do you know what? I try not to. Not, but I've realised I've been swearing quite a lot lately. Because you've been hanging around me. Yeah. Which is weird because I work with kids. So 90% <laughs> of the time I've got to watch my language. So I think I just let the other rest yeah, of it out. Yeah, in yeah. fact, uh, the other day, my son threw some food on the floor while he was eating. And I've just like cleaned the carpets, like with the professional carpets and everything. I was like, oh, shit. And my son went, I see. <laughs> Oh shit! And then he went, oh shit! <laughs> and I was like, okay, I've got to stop saying that yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, cracking on with more more current events, stuff that's going on in the world. Obviously, we spoke a little bit briefly last week, and I was actually telling someone I think we made a bit of a, a mess of it as well. The the New Zealand uh, incident. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times. It's hard not to say stuff that's that either doesn't completely convey what you're saying or what you mean to say yeah. or kind of misrepresent your own opinion you can you can misrepresent yourself sometimes yeah, and some of the stuff that us that i said on the last episode i was like do you know what listening back i probably shouldn't have said that because i don't really agree with it okay. it's weird but any examples I couldn't think of one off the top okay, of my head, but I've been hitting the head too many times. Trying to give you the chance to address. No, no, no. I did. S- do you know what? I, I possibly do have someone coming on okay. in the future. Uh, I've, I'm trying to arrange it to talk about Islamophobia. Right. And uh, and then obviously when that when they come on, I'll probably go through that a little bit more. Okay. Um. So yeah, we we probably should get into get into that. But in terms of what's been going on, what's the 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 reaction it has been kind of uh interesting to see the the prime minister of new zealand came out with her her speech did you see what she was talking about i did in terms of um assault rifles and like semi-automatics she was looking to um, not only withdraw them from for sale um but they said they were going to do a buyback scheme as well which could cost the country up to like 130 something million that's a lot of money. Yeah, um, to buy back, so I don't know how successful it would be, but it was to buy back people's guns, uh, guns basically, who, do, who already have these weapons. I think it's it's a sensible way to go about it because let's face it, if you're a law-abiding citizen mm. who sorry, here, bro, <coughs> you let that out, you let that out. Um, but yeah, if you're a, if you're a law-abiding citizen and you've had guns your whole life and then you hear about what's been going on and you're like okay justifiably something needs to be done but i'm not giving up my gun especially not just for the sake of giving up i mean guns aren't cheap the best of times um unless of course you're in the states in which case you can just go to a a gun show and buy them quite cheap so in new zealand i'm sure they're they're not as cheap to purchase 
so I think obviously offering people money for it. People from the states in particular have been criticizing it though, saying stuff like, well, cars kill over 200 people a year in New Zealand. You're going to start banning cars too, which I think is a pretty dumb argument to have because getting from point A to B is pretty much like a, a necessity, whereas owning a gun or that's the thing. It's it's not they're not banning all guns. They're ba- banning certain types certain of guns. Types of guns. Yeah, I think the thing is as well. Um, so if we look at the Western English speaking world, we have Canada, which is often cited as being one of the friendliest places. They've actually got quite relaxed gun laws. They've actually got some some more sort of culture that where you see the big differences. But in terms of I would say the other Western countries are the UK, Western English-speaking countries, the UK, Australia, New Zealand. In the UK, um, we had the gun blame thing um, mm-hmm. many years ago. Um, I can't remember what year it was. But after that, we put in laws. And we haven't really had anything like that again. Like, um, we, yeah, we changed laws almost instantly. In Australia, something similar happened. Can't remember exactly again when it was. Very quickly, they changed some of the laws, and again, they you know there's a big conscious uh, like uh, there's a, there's a there's a sort of national national awareness. People come together, and people and you know they're able to change laws again. Something like that hasn't necessarily happened again, and definitely if it has, not not in uh, the frequency of it has been pretty low. Same thing in New Zealand, and straight away they've acted, and um, within however many weeks they're looking to put these laws in place. I think one of the big differences with America is guns are politicised so much. Like you have like a straight split down the middle. Yeah, we want guns, and they're like, no, no, guns are bad, and that kind of thing. Whereas for us, when something like that happens, like we're in solidarity. You see what I mean? We're yeah. like. Yeah, that was tragic, and then they're able to pass laws, and we kind of all back it. And that you can definitely see a similar sort of thing in, in New Zealand as well. That sort of solidarity. Um, everyone's like, "Oh shit, this is bad." But you don't have these people kind of coming and politicizing the situation, and then almost using it as a reason to justify having guns when your normal common sense will tell you, obviously, sort of thing. And they do have lobbyists as well in the states. Yeah, 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 massive. But we have lobbyists over here. Yeah. But I just think I think it's, it's a cultural thing, really and truly, in America. That's that's the thing. Like it, it's a massive cultural thing, mm. and the way that politics works over there is is it's a very it's a, like their politics is very divisive. Yeah. But you know, um, there was an incident that uh, that happened a little while after. I think it was a little while after the last school shooting in the states, mm. um, and the uh, kid comes into school with a gun starts shooting at people and this teacher was armed and before the kid managed to kill anyone the teacher shot him and killed him okay. and it was one of those things like Trump said it yeah. before it happened and because Trump said it and the media over there hates Trump it just didn't get any coverage at all mm. so it was a very like obscure thing that, that occurred whereas I think if Trump hadn't have said it, people would have probably gone, huh, maybe there is an argument for teachers having guns. 
Personally, I don't think there is an argument for teachers having guns, predominantly because having been in many like physical fights where there's either no weapons or weapons that aren't nearly as bad as guns involved, like I've had knives pulled on me and stuff like that, and bottles broken over my face and whatnot. Still pretty, still pretty. <laughs> um, yeah, so in the moment, it's chaos. You do, you don't, you're not, you're not really a hundred percent aware of what's going on. And I'm trained as well, so I'm calmer than your average person, mm. and I'm still aware that it's chaos. So if you think someone's shooting, it's life and death. You're not going to be the most calm, rational person. And if you're not an experienced shooter with experience in high, uh, high ten, what's the word like highly intense situations or whatever, yeah. you're liable to panic and shoot someone that really is innocent, like someone behind your, yeah, your target yeah. or whatever. Mm. So I don't, I personally don't think te- teachers should be be carrying guns but it was it was weird to see that there was an incident where teachers carrying guns actually worked out to save the day okay my simple argument with that is firstly they're teachers but in terms of well bro you know the cop ran away from the last mass was it the last mass shooting the security guy yeah yeah no it's not that okay this is this is is my this is my thing with it there's more just using that argument there's more justification to arm, retail, kill people than there are teachers. Because teachers are held up by guns and shots and in retail more than they are still in schools. In I, wonder, I wonder how so, often they actually shot though. Yeah, 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 it's not to say, it's, yeah, obviously it's not. Because that's the that. thing, when you, when you yeah, go to yeah, rob yeah, someone, your intention is to rob them, not necessarily yeah, to yeah, kill them. that is true. But I, st- but I still, there's, there's so many situations where it would then mean, oh, we should arm, we could start arming people, we could start arming people, and ultimately, Stats prove over and over again: the more guns, the more shootings, which is just obvious. It's the same even here, over here with the knife stuff. Except for in Switzerland, where yeah, almost yeah, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah, has yeah. a gun. No, I mean when 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 they're looking in 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 in, in the in, United yeah, States. In the United States. Uh, I think, again, it's not that's, it's a perception, and in built-up areas, it's it's correct. Yeah. But in certain parts of the country, especially where people grow up hunting, there's loads and loads of guns yeah yeah everyone's armed yeah. and there aren't mass shootings in those areas and that's the thing it's i'll give you an example right this uh i can't remember who told me this oh, i'm trying to remember but i can't but i'll tell you the story that happened yeah, yeah. woman wakes up in the middle of the night mm. and uh, she hears something downstairs mm. she walks to the to the top of her landing looks down the stairs and there's a guy there with like, I, I can't remember if it was a knife or with an ax, but there was a random dude in her house with a weapon. Right. She grabbed something, like the nearest thing to her, threw it down the stairs, started screaming, I'll fucking kill you, and charged at the guy. The guy ran. Okay. Now, that woman had nothing but whatever was in her house, yeah, right? Yeah. The, the guy could have probably just killed her, right. most likely. But these people that go with the intent to kill aren't the bravest people if they were they'd be walking around schools with knives just trying to stab people it's it's a lot easier to shoot and kill someone than it is to stab and kill someone especially because while you're stabbing one person another person grabs you whereas you can shoot people from range right? right so these people aren't doing something that in their mind they're going i'm so brave for doing this they're doing something very cowardly right, right? now if you if your plan is to kill a load of people where do you go you go to a school right. you know no one's armed okay 
So your logic there is, it's the easiest place for me to kill as many people as possible before the police roll up. Okay. I mean, if you if you wanted to go to, you, you wouldn't go to a, a military base and go, right, let me shoot up all these soldiers, which let's be real, if you do have some kind of political ideology that you hate Americans, mm. most likely the place you'd go if you wanted to like be as effective as you can is you'd go and kill American soldiers who, if that's your ideology, you believe perpetrate some of the worst crimes across the, the globe than anyone else, even though obviously it's the politicians that, that direct them. So I think there is and isn't an argument for it. I think there is an argument for having armed, trained police on site at, at all schools where, you know, especially in these built up areas where guns are legal, because it's easy to say, we'll just ban all guns. But it's a lot harder to enforce. We've got Sadiq Khan going, we're going to ban all knives. If you're caught with a knife, you're going to prison. Yeah. Shut up, bruv. I think the thing with it, see, I'm not, I'm not in terms, you know, and obviously... Love Sadiq Khan, America, obviously not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in favour. I don't think just saying, I'll ban all guns is going to work. My thing is, it's like, this is, this is kind of how I look at it with regards to, obviously, as an outsider when I'm looking at America. To give teachers guns, to train teachers, to do that, to make teachers who have clearly gone into that um, line of work for totally different reasons is yeah. a cultural shift. Yeah. So why not use that energy to shift the culture away from being gun-toting nuts? Because I don't think it's necessarily just like you can just steer culture in that direction. There's, it's Obviously, mass shootings are a terrible thing and a lot of the times we just write the person off as a lunatic or you know a radicalized idiot or whatever yeah whereas a lot of times there's like more nuance to it like for example i think i think it's like a hundred percent of all mass shooters in america are on prescribed antidepressants okay if it's not 100 percent it's is very high 90s okay so so you so then do you say okay we're gonna we're gonna say if you're on if you get prescribed antidepressants right. you have to have your guns removed but but that's mad because that that's kind of what i'm talking about though. that that would be a cultural shift so that would be like right we're gonna we're gonna find alternative ways to help people deal with depression we're gonna stop doling out um antidepression pills because that's another situation in america with some of the you know the prescriptive drugs and stuff that get handed out all the time yeah um so there's there's if, I mean, if, if there's a, a correlation between antidepressive drugs and people doing mass shootings, then that's another area that they can look into. Um, I don't think going straight to um, teachers needs to be the go-to. No, no, no. But if you say, okay, we're going to spend X amount of money, um, let's say, for example, trying to, trying to shift culture. When you say shift culture... There's, there's either small things or big things that can be done to shift cultures, right? Like, for example, there was a very short, sharp, abrupt incident that happened. 50 innocent people were killed in New Zealand, and they've gone, we need to change our culture. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to get rid of guns. Yeah. Right. Obviously, there's been mass shootings in America. I think the biggest one they had over there was like near 50 people as well, the Vegas shooting. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't enough for them, for them to say, right, we're going to change our culture so it does need to be something a bit more progressive if you were going to talk about what's the most cost efficient or the quickest way to to help prevent mass shootings 
especially because a lot of them happen at schools, you could just go, okay, we're going to allocate 200 grand to every school to implement a security system where someone hits a button and shutters come down at 10 different locations in the school, blocking people off that the shooter can't then get access to other areas or whatever. Yeah, or, or kid was going toilet. It's not to shoot. But you know what? Rather save one life for the benefit of X amount, however. <laughs> Obviously, some people are no, you shouldn't let one person die. Yeah. You shouldn't. But if someone's got to die, I'd rather it's one person than 20. Um, obviously, it'd probably end up costing more than that. But look, I personally don't think sh uh, teachers should be trained to use guns yeah, because if you look at, like, I don't know if you remember, obviously, you were a teacher for a little while. Why? Right? But you, you're from ENDS, so you're a little bit different. Right? You've, you've seen the life. <laughs> Most teachers yeah. are from, like, not necessarily well-to-do families, but they're from like that kind of nice mentality background where it's oh yes i want to do something to help the world and make the children yeah, better yeah. they're not like shit man it's dangerous out in these streets you know you need to stay strapped <laughs> make sure you got your got, got your mandem with you covering your six in it so that's that's what i'm saying like they don't have the mentality i personally think most teachers don't have the mentality to to do something like that which is probably where you're coming from yeah but i think there needs to be you could, you could, for example, just say, okay, at each school we want to set up a, um, a, a committee of volunteers where people, you know, parents, if need be, if they're ex-military or whatever and they're trained, they will they will take turns and they'll patrol the school. And if, if anything kicks off, you know you've got someone who's trained to a high level who's willing to step in and, you know, save people's lives. That, if anything, would be a good deterrent. I think you could even you know quietly say listen bro you don't even need to be armed you don't even need to be armed just have the gun have no bullets right just walk around the school looking like you're strapped because if a, if there's like a 15 year old kid who's going that's it man i'm gonna go and kill everyone show them who's the man he's gonna go but then again there is steve who's like ex you know yeah. ma marine yeah. walking around with a ar-15 and he's probably already killed like 15 20 people in actual combat he might just shoot me before I get a bullet off. Yeah. Maybe I'll change my plans. Maybe I'll just go to the movies instead. I feel like there, you know, there, there could be ways, maybe even, you know, I haven't watched their plans because I kind of dismiss it um, kind of before I look into any sort of details with regards to that. And I think as well, part of that is being a teacher. Again, very different from being in America. But just the idea of that's just so far from what my job's supposed to be. Um, I do think we, we're kind of digressing a little bit though in terms of like New Zealand. True. Um, I think, so I was, I was reading something about it and they were saying um, one of the ways that they were also able to implement this so quickly was because of the how the um, New Zealand political system set up and they have, they don't like do these sort of coalition things. Right. The government's always got a majority so they can put things through a lot quicker and easier. Um, so that that's obviously a big difference. They don't have the sort of difficulties that America have with the houses and the different departments of government that can block things and yeah. filibusters and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I think I still think it's an example, and to to a lot of the rest of the world. Um, almost it almost uh is a little bit embarrassing for the usa and there's been a lot of democratic politicians 
So you using this, including um, like burning samples, obviously very prominent from your article with Hillary Clinton on. She has been saying like, look what they've done. Something happened. Uh, something happened. They do this, um, and problem not problem solved, but it's a step towards like action is taken. Mm. Whereas obviously in America, it often seems like it isn't. And I think that's that's the uh, um, that's part of the frustration that people have. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, um, the whole I, I personally don't disagree with the, with the choice that they've made to mm. to ban. I mean. Let's be honest. Like I used to, like I said, I've said before, I used to go hunting and stuff with my dad. You don't need an assault rifle to to kill a deer. Yeah. That much is pretty. You know, you need a decent single shot. Yeah, that's it. You've done. Yeah, you know, bow and arrow, man. You can you you have a decent compound bow. You can kill a deer, no yeah, problem. True, true. And obviously, a decent amount of training. Um. So even if you are going to use that argument of you know I I want to hunt, there's there's no reason why not. I think the other thing you got where there's a difference in culture in America is that there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists who are like, these shootings are all false flag attacks just that the government could come in and take our weapons off us. That way they can introduce martial law and there'll be no resistance, which is, that's a whole nother story. But the the New Zealand thing is kind of interesting to see how I haven't heard anything or haven't read anything in in the news of anyone saying that the government's acting out of hand. I haven't heard anyone stand up and say, no, we're not happy with it, which is kind of cool yeah, to yeah. see that like everyone's united to say, do you know what, this is messed up, yeah. shouldn't have happened, mm-hmm. and we're going to make sure it don't happen again. Yeah. Um, although, weirdly enough, you sent me a link, which I will I'll put in our story of, in our storyline on our Instagram a couple of times uh, over the next week yeah. of the incident with uh, Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries yeah. Now, it's weird... Because I mainly know Jim Jeffries from a video that kind of, it was like almost like a viral video of him doing stand-up back in the day where he was talking about mass shootings yeah. and the gun culture in America and how people bullshit about the reason why they want guns. I don't know if you've ever seen saw that. Yeah, you seen yeah. that, right? That's the one that kind of really took him to the next level. Yeah. Viral, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so he is now a late-night TV show host yeah. in Australia or New Zealand. Which uh, American. Is he in America now? Yeah, his shows. Oh, okay, okay. Comes on over here actually on the, on the comedy on Comedy Central. Ah, but, fair um, enough, fair enough, good chat. Yeah, well, I think it's actually an American show, right? On Comedy Central, but he's in it. Yeah. So, to give you guys the 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 highlights of it, he is giving the I almost say like the stereotypical late night TV show host uh, opinion piece of. Um, what's happened in New Zealand and how you know far right extremists think and they basically got this guy from I think he was Australian he's an Australian Jewish guy and this guy is against all kinds of Im- all forms of immigration of Muslims into Australia and he's I don't want to say he's a smart guy because I don't really know his opinion that well he's one of these people similar to tommy robinson who have smart arguments that that have logical arguments yeah so to the average person who doesn't have much understanding and background or much or much time to invest learning about it yeah those arguments sound very plausible 
Yeah. But whenever you sit down with someone or they sit down with someone who has a wider understanding, is, air quotes, an expert in their field, or literally is, they always fall short. Yeah. That And Tommy Robinson, obviously he's like, so this guy's name was is Avi Yamini. Don't know if I pronounced it right. Um, and very similar, his, his, his points he uh, comes across with and the way he comes across with them is very similar to Tom, Tommy Robinson. Now, if you just listen to Tommy Robinson, he, you know, you could argue he puts his point across very well and it sounds like a plausible argument. It sounds like a strike, but you can very, you know, if you've got, a, as I've said, if you're actually into the subject, if you actually understand immigration, if you actually look at like proper statistics and, you know, um, take a wider viewpoint of it, you can very easily destroy his argument and he doesn't often have much to sort of come back with. Um, and that's similar to this guy. So uh, so what happened was uh, Jim Jeffries, flew, they, they, his show flew him out to, I think it was Malaysia or somewhere like that, mm. sat him down in this nice hotel room and interviewed him and then spliced one answer from one question into another segment where he was answering a, a different question. So it made out like he was giving really extreme answers to what were quite middle of the road questions. What they, what the TV show didn't know was that he actually set his phone down on record in the corner of the room and recorded the whole thing in obviously naturally unedited. And although I think he's, he's not released the full thing yet, or he's gonna release it to people that have paid for him on Patreon or whatever, which I'm obviously not gonna do. Uh, the the bad thing about it was that he um, he basically drew a picture on his iPad of what he thought Muhammad looked like, and went, "Oh, look, he's a wobbly ghost." Yeah, yeah. And uh, and this guy Avi was like, you know, you shouldn't really do that. You know, Muslims don't like that kind of thing. And uh, and then he cut the clip and came back to him, and he's like, you know, you're sitting there saying that this anti-Islam stuff is terrible, and then here you are off camera taking the piss out of Prophet Muhammad which any Muslim will tell you is you know, a, a, a sin that's in, in Sharia law. Anyway, it's potentially punishable by death or whatever. Yeah. Then it cuts to an, another clip, and this guy, Avi, is talking about uh, Australians, and he says, oh, dingo ate my baby, which is like one of those thrown around terms. I can't even remember the origins of that, that catchphrase, but it was some nonsense. And, uh, and then... Uh, your boy Jim Jeffries goes, well, if it was a Muslim baby, no one would really care, innit? Everyone would be all right. To which point, Avery responded on on camera in the interview saying, no, no, bruv, don't, don't joke about that. He's, he was like, no, it's all right, I'm only joking. He's like, yeah, but you're joking about killing kids. It's, it's not really on. Yeah. And he goes, don't worry, we edit this. I never look bad in these things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Now, I've got, there's two things here that, that Jim Jeffries could potentially come and try and defend himself with is one, I'm a comedian. It's my job to make jokes, and I was just making a joke. It's it's a thin ice argument. Yeah. But I the one that'd be more plausible was I was trying to warm the guy up. That's what I that's what I said to my mate. Yeah. I think yeah. he's gonna pull the whole. I think to get out of it, he, you know what Ali G does. Yeah. The difference is, and this is a thing for me. So he could still get. I still I still think that could be his out. Obviously, Ali G does the whole thing on camera, so it's very transparent. He actually does do a lot off camera. Yeah. But you also see. It, happening so you as a viewer know what he's doing whereas yeah. with what Jim Jeffries has done it does seem very sly the thing is though um, I'll tell you what was interesting 
And I don't like to, again, I'm not really one to jump in conspiracies, but when my, the friend who showed me that, um, I then, I went the next day, I tried to Google like Jim Jefferies and hardly anything came up about it. Mm-hmm. They again, I tried to Google Jim Jefferies because I was expecting a backlash. Yeah. And ultimately, like he is a voice piece. Like I can't, I consider myself to be a left leaning um, person. Mm. But as you probably heard me say loads of stuff, is like I also believe like morally, like you got to be consistent across the board. Like otherwise, you're like I, you know, your your points, your arguments, your whole thing just falls flat. And I'm wondering if like deliberately people just haven't picked up because he is a he is a a, a a big mouthpiece for certain views and certain type of agendas and stuff like that, and they just literally. It just didn't get picked up. It, I was, I was actually quite shocked, um, and not to be like <laughs> conspiratorial and all of that, but for me it deserved to because I felt like he deserved to be put on the, the spotlight deserved to be put on him, and he should have to answer for that. Yeah. And then we can kind of understand where he's coming from because right now all I'm seeing is some guy who I thought was quite funny and had quite sound idea uh, like ideas and stuff. That basically behind the scenes is a, is a dickhead, and no one's saying anything about it. Yeah. So it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Yeah, man. I don't know. The the, the difference as well, with Ali G, is that when he does it, it's done for satire. Mm. He's not going after anyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. and this guy, they've like, he is all obviously he's got controversial views as it is, but they've now like made him seem to be a lot further on that right wing spectrum and made him out to be even more of like a neo Nazi kind of type guy, which is is harsh and it doesn't really help your cause because then what you end up doing is all the people that are aligned with him get kind of pumped up even more and go, look, you guys are a bunch of liars, you know, we, we need to rally up even more and go harder against you. Which is kind of what happens in America as well at the minute with, with Trump. Like Mullers released his report. Yes, I haven't seen that yet. I don't think anyone's seen it, man. Did, like the physical report is, it must be like four or five hundred pages long. Be it's huge, but you know, so from what I've seen, and I haven't seen too much of it, it's been handed over, and obviously the the Republicans have, have got it. I don't know whether or not they're legally obligated to give it to anyone. Like there's apparent uh, one of the videos I watched of these guys commentating, like they're like now the Democrats are demanding that they want to see it and that it wants to be public. Which obviously okay. would indicate that they haven't got access to it. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because what if he submitted his report and it says, yes, Trump did collude with Russia. Yes, he was bribing people or taking bribes, this, that and the other. And the Republican Party is going to say, thank you very much. We're just going to seal that, put that away, carry on about our business. I don't know if that's if that's feasible. It's, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I know the, the, the top Democrat turned around and said they're not going to try and impeach. Trump so like move past it yeah um so I feel like they're just trying to shift the attention to the upcoming election now and want to get rid of him um but through, through the proper means but who's who's going to replace Trump what for the like in terms of who could beat Trump at in the, the next election I don't know there's a lot of I feel like a lot especially over the tax stuff I think there's a lot of people remember it's always close I think that's the thing people forget hmm. like Remember, Trump lost 
in terms of how many people voted for him, yeah, he won through their weird state points allocation, the the co- college electorate thing. Yeah. Now, I think there's probably more people. So I think I think a, a lot of the younger generation coming up are more likely to be Democrat, that sort of more liberal. Yeah. So the whole you know there's two years worth of eighteen year olds who can now vote. Yeah. You've got all four even by the time the election comes around. Um, plus, you know the whole tax thing? I think that was probably one of Trump's biggest things where when people done their tax returns and a lot of Trump voters ended up being much worse off and he promised that they would yeah. be a lot better off. Yeah, a lot of kind of middle, not middle class, but middle earning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, one of the things, just, just kind of uh, keeping on American politics, lately, have you been following the whole Democrats reparations thing do you know what i was thinking to bring so elizabeth warren recently you almost said it now and i think uh better o'rourke said yeah, something yeah, as well. yeah so i heard stuff about it and i thought do you know what it sounds like the stupidest thing i've ever heard okay and i'll tell you why because yeah, yeah. that that could sound like oh lewis is a clan member <laughs> she <laughs> i'll tell you why number one it's you're not you're not giving reparations to the people that were actually directly affected by slave. But you, slave I think trade. you can argue that uh, you you can say they are directly affected yeah. through it because they are the the descendants of yeah. people that were directly get you. Yeah. But hold on. Yeah. Right. So. Number one, you're not going to give financial benefit to the people that were actually in that situation, people that were actually okay. made made out to be slaves. Which, if that was the case, if they were like. When they made slavery illegal, if they went, listen, if you were a slave for five years, you're going to get this much reparations. And if you're a slave for 10 years or more, you get this it, it much. It was promised. Right. It was never done. So right. it was actually promised. It, it should have been done yeah. at that point. Now you're talking generations down the line. Mm. Let's talk about doing that. Okay. What if you're mixed race? Do you get half the money? So in America, that's, that's, that's a good point. So in America, though, I think what from what... Obviously, there's loads of details that would need to be sorted out. But I, from my understanding, that if you've got direct lineage, I mean, in America, like generally, if you're mixed race, you're black, um, and that was that was actually law in a lot of yeah. states of America, um, and it was actually in in some of the southern states, particularly, it was like I think someone like if you're one eighth black, yeah, and the others was like if you're one twentieth, <laughs> like, anyway, yeah. it, anyway, it got complicated. It was one one drop rule if anyone wants to look that up, um, but. Uh, I think there are points like you made that will need to be looked into. Yeah. I I don't feel, I understand what you're saying with regards to, oh, you know, no one affected was actually there. No one live today was actually there. But I don't think that's a valid argument to not. Okay. To not, um, because, okay, let's say the civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. that was in the 60s. Yeah. A hell of a lot of people. That's a direct result of racism. The mm-hmm. whole um, the ho- and and slavery, um, that how you know how people were looked at, and and then it okay. carry on, on carrying on. Jim Crow laws, the same with uh, uh, some of the college things and the housing things, which were sort of seventies, eighties. A lot of stuff. Some of those laws are still in place today. Some laws are still in place. My thing with it is, and this is where I think my view. So I think reparate like reparations should happen. My thing is, and this try is not to laugh Danny, while you're saying this because I know this is going to be con- a bit controversial. There's a lot of idiots. Yeah, 
I'm gonna get me the new Escalade. Get me some rims. This is what I'm saying. And I, I, not to sound stereotypical, but if you have an educated, and that's part of racing, that's part of the right. the the, the prob, um, uh, uh, result of slavery. You have an educated people. You've given people substandard education, and then you're gonna go and try and right. Like so, so I got, I got two, I got two more issues, right? Yeah. One is all these pol- politicians that have been talking about it. They've been saying we need to have a conversation about reparations for for black people in America. Yeah. Conversation is not a promise, and the reason why yeah, they're not true. making a promise yeah. is because they ain't planning like on doing it. They're not planning on doing it. It's not going to happen. It's, it's but a, it's going to be their new Brexit. And if they win. but here's the thing, right? When Elizabeth Warren said it. Almost every black person in the audience started going, yeah, because they're like, yeah, of course, I, I want some money, mm, mm. and you know, what? I could, I could completely, uh, obviously, I'm not black. I wasn't born in America. I, I don't have the. I'm, I'm not a descendant of someone who was yeah. in, picked up from their their home country, travelled halfway across the ro- world, forced into an into another religion, and then forced to work 15, 16 hours a day yeah. and treated like an animal. Yeah. If I was, then the least. I would expect, and it still wouldn't make me happy, is some money. Why? Right? But but it's not going to happen, and it's okay. just pandering for black votes. Okay. Okay. That's what I think. I, okay. And I, I totally get why. This is what I think should happen. So if you are listening, Elizabeth Warren, all you Democratic people. Sons of bitches. Now I'm playing. <laughs> this, is, this is actually what I think they should do. And I think this is a simple solution, and it could have been done ages ago if they really had the... If, if they really, really wanted to do it. Hold up. Before you say it, just give me 10 seconds. I want to write what I think you're going to say. Okay. And then... Uh, okay. Hold on. As, as long as it's on the right lines. Okay. Okay, go. go. Right. So I think I'm, I'm very much um, an advocate for like education and the like. And I think by... Um, this is what they should do anyway. A lot of black people are in deprived areas. Yep. Put extra money into schooling, into like that that amount of money. Let's say you oh it's a, it's a hundred billion that we need to pay back. Yep. Put that into infrastructure to provide jobs, provide business loans, provide edu- um, good educational institutes in the areas. Build up those areas, and then the next generation will benefit from that, and it can be a much more organic um, lift, and it will totally benefit the whole country. Right. Here's what I thought you were going to say, Danny. See if you can read that off my screen. So I just made it short. Free college tuition. There you go. <laughs> I know you too well. So, so I, I, I do think, I think the problem with, I think the problem with doing, being as explicit as saying. No, I, I just, gonna... I kind of just wrote that to be short and quick because I didn't yeah, want to yeah, hold yeah, you up yeah, too yeah, long. Yeah. But, but that's what I was thinking you were going to go down the lines yeah, of, yeah, was yeah. change infrastructure. I think, I, think, I think the difference is though, because I think, and this is the same with just saying, oh, we can give reparations, we just can give you money. It creates too much, it creates too much, um, it creates too much question. But I can, loads of people can argue about free free college tuition. Like, um, and someone will say, well, why haven't I got free college? There, there could be some white kid in the trailer. So why haven't I got free college tuition? Because your granddaddy wasn't a slave. Yeah, yeah no, but, but it's, straight, it's, it's, it. It, it's one of those situations. That's a, that's a very straightforward answer. It's one of those situations that's still not going to bring the country together. No. It's still like that person has still got reason to feel a bit aggrieved that he's got this and he hasn't. Yeah. That's why I think if you build up the infrastructure and so it's like the the, the nursery schools gonna be better, the primary schools gonna be better, the secondary schools gonna be gonna be better, um, then it's gonna be easier for you to get into college. 
you're gonna it's gonna be much better for you to get in it's gonna be you know you're more likely to do well in college when you come out of college you're more likely to get a better job you can provide for your family etc 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 and you'll be paying your taxes and america's happy rather than rather than um what's the whole thing teach someone how to fish yeah. rather than give them rather than give someone a fish and they'll eat for a day teach them a fish and they'll, that's they'll it eat that's and that's what i mean it's like give me give me a million pounds or whatever i can go and do what i want with that yeah and no that's not financial education. let's be real as well there's i don't think even if they did decide to pay directly to individuals reparations for slavery mm. i don't think for, for m very many people at all it's going to be a life-changing amount of mm. money mm. and realistically so my my argument would be if you as a as a political party want to show that you have all the good intentions in the world of trying to to make up for the sins of the past you should try to make it a much more level playing field now for not just the adults in this generation that are going into the workplace mm. but for the kids that are growing up so Definitely investing more money into in infrastructure and stuff is cool i mean it's do you know what? you started following recently the that group on instagram through the nga page so i've been paying attention to it as well the is it 56, 56 black 56 black men black men yeah and do you know what? they've they've started um some of the stuff they 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 were talking about i was like do you know what? it's really good because yeah. they're not they're not sitting there going woe is me they're going listen as black men right we are responsible for ourselves and yeah there's a lot of media bullshit there's a lot of negativity and public perception but we can change that ourselves just yeah. by being good examples yeah. and they're like yeah i walk around wearing a hoodie but i'm, I'm actually a, a solicitor yeah, yeah I walk around wearing a hoodie but i'm actually a doctor mm. you know and it's it's good to see them you know uh just slowly kind of shift as you said earlier like shift culture yeah, yeah. because social media is a great platform now that you can use to to kind of influence people's thoughts and opinions and even uh, there was one clip i don't know if they shared it there's another guy uh, i think his name's something alex Fallon or something like that. i actually dm'd him he's a guy who's uh, he's running this knife amnesty he's he got, sliding up in his dms yeah i dm this guy man <laughs> just because i was do you know what what this guy does he um people message him if they've got knives that they want to get rid of okay. and he meets up with them and swaps their knives for jd vouchers Okay. and like some guy had a bloody machete or something as well man this this guy was like listen man i got this he sent him a picture of it he's like you know can, can i get some vouchers for it? he's like shit yeah man i'll give you some vouchers met up with him took the knife with him and job done now someone could say the guy's name is his instagram is baron alex paul oh and he's got a blue tick next to his name now as well um so yeah i just i just messaged him saying like big fan of all your work you're a true inspiration because like yeah, yeah. to do that right it's that's dangerous as well yeah. you could get someone who just don't like the gun go oh, i'm just gonna shank him yeah. um so yeah uh, i don't know if it's them or, or him that shared it but there was a, a clip of these people on a i think they're in new york or somewhere like that, on a train yeah, another one, yeah. and the yeah. guy just stood up and he went you know yeah i'm a black guy i wear a hoodie but i'm beautiful yeah and i'm well educated and i've just started working i'm doing this doing this doing this yeah. and they just asked this other guy yeah. who happens to be a white guy as well yeah. they're like hey man tell everyone about you and he's like you know i got in trouble a little while ago with the police spent a little bit of time in prison but i'm out now i'm actually in a good job i'm yeah. doing well and i was watching it thinking i feel really uplifted man yeah 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 and i was like it's contagious it is i was like you, you can just you can just do that on the train tomorrow yeah. in london yeah. and you're like Tell me something positive, put people on the spot, yeah, and yeah, yeah, they'd be a little bit shy. Mm. But when that open up, 
And everyone gives him a little, yes, bruv, you're doing well. Yeah. I lift you up, you lift me up, we all rise together. Yeah, boring. And yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's what needs to, I think that's what needs to, um, the, I'll tell you, so I had this conversation with my mate as well. This is the funny thing. So what these, what the, that group, 56 Blackmen are doing, what, exactly how you said, like, a little bit of, um, uh, reliant on self, like, you know, your destiny's in your hand kind of thing. You go and make that difference. The funny thing is that's traditionally, that's very, if we go back to America and even this country, that, that's, that's kind of a conservative mindset. Mm. That's that's kind of the Republican mindset that you're you determine your own outcome. Yeah. And but but um we politically in both America and here, it seems that black people generally vote Labour and more Demo- socialist and yeah. democratic, more socialist. So it's 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 quite strange. I mean, I, I, I do understand why. And in my opinion, like you need to have that sort of conservative um, individual point, but I would support Labour for a wider for the people who can't. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who it's, can't sort. Of it's funny themselves. you say that because most of the, I'm not going to say all because mm. that'd be bullshit, but most of the successful black guys that I know mm. are more conservative yeah, yeah. with their opinion, yeah. and most of the unsuccessful black guys that I know are more socialist with their opinion. Yeah, yeah, and in fact. I'll extend that to white people too. Most of the white people that I know that aren't doing well will always vote Labour. Mm. Always. Mm. Most of the white people that I know that are doing well for themselves will vote Conservative. Yeah, yeah. It's part of also though, that's, it, it's down to do with obviously just having this binary political system where it is kind of one or the other about this. Yeah. Vote independent. Chukaramuna. Well, there, I think there does need to be uh there does need to be some kind of political reform especially now yeah. i think you should be able to register on an app and then when there's a serious topic comes up you should be able to vote for it on your phone just yeah. done yeah. and that way you actually get don't get me wrong you'll never please everyone because mm. even with brexit you get like 52 percent win you still got 48 percent of the country that peed off and that's yeah. that's a lot, that's a lot and then people. and then you're talking about out of you know that's only i think only like 17 million people voted no, or something no, no, like no. that. Was it more? Yeah, because it was seventeen point four who voted to leave. Okay. About seventeen million. All right. Who so voted so to let's say them. so let's say seventeen seventeen is like thirty four. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Mm. So sixty million people living in this country. Yeah. So you've got just over half the population voted. Mm. So, you know, are you you know you've got uh, people that wanted to remain. They're going. Yeah, do you know what? Only half the country voted. If more people voted, it would have been a lot more significantly towards Remain than it would yeah. have been to leave. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but we don't have Australia's law where it's mandatory for you to vote. If yeah. you don't vote, you get a fine. Yeah. Which, personally, I'm in favour for. Because you can't sit and talk shit about government and not want to do something to change it. I know, some people, so. I know some people are like, if you vote, you're just contributing towards the system. It's like, if you don't vote, they'll just get away with it for longer anyway. Yeah, but I, I do kind of feel like no one's going to mutiny completely against you, the government. You can not vote and sit there and criticise the government. You, your, your voice just don't really have as much weight. But you can do that. Like, I don't, I'm, 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 I'm against mandatory voting because... Screw you, Danny. <laughs> no, my thing is, like, you can't... And you've made this argument before. Right. Like, there's a lot of people who don't vote um, who... We shouldn't vote. <laughs> I have, but here's here's how you get here's how you get around that. 
You go, right, here's the subject, mm. right? You don't vote yes or no, you answer these five questions. Both political parties agree on what the questions are, and there's only possible, like, yes or no answers, that's it. Yeah. And you go, okay, answer this question, this mm. question, this question. Based on your answer, we're voting for you, that's a yes. Yeah. Based on that answer, we're voting for you, that's a no. That's it. That way, even... I see what you mean. Even like, idiots I, have opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and that's what I mean. I feel like everyone should. And the same thing, like, I don't want to be, like, if you don't want to get involved in a political thing, then don't. If you want to sit in a pub and moan about it when you haven't got yourself involved, then moan about it. But there's probably other patterns in your life that are similar to that, like, that you're also probably going to be moaning about, you know. Some people just like to moan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, and it, and it is, it's one of those things, like, you take action or you don't there could be loads of other things you take action on but maybe not political you like to tell the truth like with 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 um with um in some cases when there's been elections and i've looked at the last let's say 10 years and i've looked at elections and i've looked at the manifesto and stuff and i've been like you know what it's shame didn't bother me either way yeah. um let me vote for what i think will be better for the majority of people or for people who are in a lesser you know not as well-off situation and sort of thing even with regards to brexit the amount of people i think among the people i've asked and i know the amount of people who now think brexit is the worst idea and they're all like pro remain really? they didn't vote oh okay they didn't vote because i know a so i've said that i've been like well you didn't vote yeah and if we've even had the, the the thing of oh well one won't make a difference, but yeah, when a million people are saying one don't make a difference, that makes a difference. Yeah. But that's cool. That's your choice. Yeah, that's your choice. That's. I thought you were going to say uh, um, a lot of people are now saying that they they want to remain even if they'd have voted leave previously, because I've been speaking to people that voted remain, yeah. and they're like, do you know what? Let's just get done with now. That's how I. Let's feel. just get out. And you voted remain as well, right? That's how I feel. Yeah. See, that's I voted I leave. And uh, and to be fair, I don't think I think there's still a lot of scaremongering going on. Like I just read something the other day that unemployment's at like a record low since yeah, the nineteen yeah. seventies. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong, some of that potentially is statistic fudging because you've got people on zero contract hours and yeah, stuff. Even, like that. even that's statistic fudging because there's always been zero hour contracts as well. Yeah. You know? Even that's taken out of context. So you just got a new name for it. Yeah. So on the one hand I'm like, I, I'm seeing all this stuff about this uh, car manufacturer shut down their their doors and they've moved back to this to their country and did so, all that stuff. Well, you know the whole thing with Japan. Yep. And that was as a result of that was partly to do with Brexit. Yep. But it would have happened anyway because the EU got a deal with Japan, so now so they don't need to have tariffs. So why would they continue building in 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 um in Europe when they, when can, they can build when in Japan and yeah. anyway and that and they can provide. So it would have happened anyway. And the thing with with Japan as well, they're as a country they're quite nationalistic mm. so if they can put jobs back into their own country yeah. and sell to, to foreigners they will do that this is it. and there's nothing wrong with that at all let me let me answer your question because someone posted something on facebook and i and i um a friend of mine put really good um things up about brexit and he um he gets really good debates okay. going and it's from both sides and extremes and you have a lot of people who like talk across common sense but someone said um that something to do with basically to do like they're in germany or they know someone in germany and because of brexit they're struggling like they may not be they basically will have restricted 
access if it's a no deal like in terms of being able to move and this and that and they might not even be able to get back to the uk and they have to apply for like travel permits and all this kind of thing and i was like okay my knowledge on this is limited but and i'm someone who wants to remain and 99 percent of all the remain based stuff here i'm for but because that came as well as someone talking about scaremongering and they were saying oh it's not scaremongering i'm not going from the press i'm going from real people i know situations and I did respond and I was like, I'm a Remainer, but that does sound like scaremongering. As far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong, but Germany's part of the Schengen Agreement. Yeah. So you can't, like it's open borders. You can just, yeah. there's several countries. So you, you, you just get a Schengen passport. I've, uh, Schengen, I've, I've had the, so one of my students mm. is Thai. So she needed to get a Schengen thing because she's got a Thai passport. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and to be honest, it was messed up. They didn't even, on the way back, border control were like, do you have a letter from her parents to say why she's here? I was like, no. They were like, well, you, you should. We can't let you move on. And I was like, hang on. I'm going back to England yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I brought her from here to yeah. Belgium. No questions answered. Yeah. Asked. No, this girl, she's only like 14, 15. Yeah. I was like, your, your security check really aren't all that stringent. And that was... They, they looked, obviously, we've got British passport, British passport, British Thai passport. Okay, let's have a quick look. Okay, Schengen thing, done, cool. That's pretty much how yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. And yeah, do you know what? You might have to pay 20 quid for it, and it will last probably five years or something. Yeah. It's not going to be the end of the world. So how does so that, so that Schengen, Schengen passport, yeah. sorry, that's sort of whether it's a stamp or whatever, you have to get that? Yeah, if you're, so, so if you're, if you're not an EU... Uh, member state right if you're not from an eu member state you need to get that right okay so if you're in germany yeah because and you want to now come to the uk no no not necessarily the uk but if i'm in germany and i want to go to um france or i want to there go are to no Belgium, borders bro. there's no borders are there i've driven from uh i've driven from france through belgium to germany i've driven from france all the way down to italy yeah so that was my there, point there's and that's no borders part of because they're in the this yeah there's no yes, borders. that's what I was saying. So I was like, you can't be there's, there's toll roads. That's it. The yeah, toll you roads. can't be trapped in Germany and be told you're not allowed to leave Germany. No. Okay, that's what I thought. It's number one bullshit. Yeah, so that's <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, some of the stuff. There's definitely scaremongering yeah. and stuff still going on. I think. Do you know what? Even personally, I'm not really pro No Deal. Mm. But then when I think about it, to some extent, I'm like, do you know what? It, uh, it would kind of be better in some ways, but just because at the minute, it's it's like. Let's say you want to talk about import levies, export levies. Mm. Then they go, okay, well, if we're going to talk about this, we're going to off, we're going to weigh this up against uh, common fisheries scheme policies, and then we're going to weigh that off against the number of immigrants that you're actually going to, or migrants from Europe that you're going to take mm. every year, because there still needs to be some kind of agreed number. And it's like we're going to trade this for that and this for that. Whereas right. if there's no deal, it's like, no, no, we're just talking about this. You ain't talking about nothing else. We're just talking about this particular subject. I'm going to stay on this and make Fix up a deal it. between us on that, okay. which I think potentially means we'll get mugged off less. Right. But I can understand for a sense of security for a lot of people, it'd be better even if we do end up with a, let's say, for example, no deal means that we are let's say as a nation, uh, 20 billion pounds worse off every year, just just for argument's sake. Right. With a deal, we're 25 billion pounds worse off every year. 
one, right? But we don't know this yet. We're talking like forecasting the future. People would rather have the security of knowing it's definitely just 25 billion than going, it could be more than 20 billion. It could be 30, 40, 50, 60 billion. I think, I think. So let's just get deal. I think the thing is as well, like almost every, okay, so you know James O'Brien? Obviously, right. So he drinks with him on Fridays. Yeah, have you seen his new? He's got his new podcast, and on the first episode, copycat. He he spoke to Tony Blair. Son of a bitch! I asked Tony before. <laughs> I said to him, I was like, geezer, we're setting up a podcast, NGA. You're gonna love it. We got drinks. We got so far. It's all good. He said, yes, yes, Lewis. I'll think about it. I'm busy in Saudi Arabia right now doing weapons deals. <laughs> Um, Son of a bitch. What he was, because he's been really, really like a massive advocate to remain, right? Like his opinion matters anymore. <laughs> no, no, but he said something really interesting. He said, and he, and how he kind of, list, it's worth listening to because how he kind of put it was, it wasn't all, you know, all this kind of scaremonger stuff. He was like, look, this is the United Kingdom. We've got some of the most skilled workers in the world with regard to, and also like our top, our top, top end like um what do you call it the high tech industry like in cambridge and stuff like some of it's the best in the world we're gonna do all right okay yeah we're very we're influential world. he was like we're gonna do all right we might have a dip we're gonna be all right he said what it is and what people are talking about and what people aren't thinking about is 10 years 20 years from now you're gonna have the likes of india nigeria china um massively like their economies massively growing um and potentially other countries, well, I think Thailand was another one that's like their population and you know what they're planning and stuff. And he said, us being part of a block of um, however many people puts us in, in good stead. He said, us being an island of 60 million people, when we then have to start negotiating our place in the world, our influence is gonna be greatly diminished. We're gonna be a small country by ourselves. And from that point of view, I did agree with him. That's the first thing I've agreed with is Tony Blair for quite a while. Um, but it made sense. And I do think it was another one of those things that he, he's, he's someone who's, who's got proper knowledge of it. He's, he's an expert in that area. Yeah. But again, he, you know, no one in on the, the general day-to-day conversation, like it's just not even going yeah. there. What's our biggest industry in the UK? Our biggest industry? Yeah. Um, services industry. Or do you mean more specifically? Like, in terms of what we offer Europe or the yeah. rest of the world? Services. Services. Yeah. I'd thought it was finance. No, finance is, I th- so that's why I say unless you want to make it and more that, granular because finance is, comes under services. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Because London Stock Exchange, mm. you when you talk about like stock markets, mm. you've got the FTSE 100 mm. and you've got the New York Stock Exchange. They talk about the Dow and stuff like that, but it's not really relevant. Okay. Uh, and Nasdaq's not really re- relevant globally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then um, and then you've obviously got the the Germany's got their own stock exchange, so as France does it. One of the first things that led me to believe we should be out of Europe was when France started talking about putting levies uh, that contribute towards EU funding on all financial transactions mm. between uh, financial institutions. Yeah, but we should veto that. Honest, we did veto it. Yeah, exactly. But it came up again, and it came up again, and eventually, shit, that does get through. Mm. So that was one of my first, and I was like, do you know what? That's not really going to change. People aren't going to go, right, we're not going to pay attention to any of the FTSE companies anymore because they're not part of Europe. Mm. I was like, that's still, that's still going to be there. 
these companies are still going to make billions. Don't get me wrong, they're still well, not going to pay the right amount of tax all either. Of, all of those punch, all of those, all of those companies will have um, a presence in any punch they need yeah, to have. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. All those, all those companies, they're not just UK based companies that only operate out of the UK. A lot of them operate in. I would probably go as far as hazarding a guess that none of them, and no company in the Fifty One Hundred, just operates in the UK. I would probably agree with you, and I'll have a quick search while we're talking to see if any of them are. But yeah, I'd probably agree. Um, so I'm not necessarily all that worried about how well or or how badly Britain's going to do over the next ten fifteen years. Mm. I can understand people being a bit fearful, but my my biggest thing that's peeing me off throughout this whole process, and this happens a lot, and in fact. Uh, I got into a debate online with people about um, abortion rights in America I'll talk about in a minute people are on their teams man and they just don't want to budge you've got MPs that were in remain constituencies that want to leave and vice versa they're not representing their constituencies they representing their own political ideologies and they're not acting in the best interests of their constituents they're going in and going I don't want to leave Europe so I don't care what you put in front of me. I'm not going to agree to it. That's it. Because I want another referendum. And even if they get another referendum, let's say they get another one and people are peed off now and they said the damage has already been done in terms of you know the global perspective of the UK. So sod it, let's just leave. If the vote came back and it was still close, but let's say it was still even more in favour of Brexit, I think Remainers would still be like, nope, nope, nope. It's bullshit. We've got to do it again. Run it back. The problem is... If it came back and it was to leave again, what would they do? I think they'd like, still kick up stink. I think the, the, the problem thing is, if they do, because then there's all this no deal thing, yeah. I think if it comes back, they have to do a no deal. Because what, what are you then going to do? So we've wasted two years, we have another vote, and then we're going to go into negotiations again for another two years? Like I don't think Europe will let us, because I'm pretty sure like Article 50 has been triggered, the mm. deadline's been set, they've agreed to move it, they've got small extensions what happened if they didn't agree to move it then it would be a no deal right at which point you can't do anything anyway Europe's decision to kick to, to say we're now cut is final like we instigated it it's like for example if I'm dating dating this girl and I go uh, yeah listen I want to break up with you alright that's it I'm not, I'm not seeing you anymore mm. she can't then come back to me and go alright I want to get back together and expect me to just let her let her get back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's stupid, right? Yeah. So why do we expect it to work that way that's between nations? We've sat there and gone, we're not happy with the deal that you've given us. We want out. They've gone, all right, you can, you, you can get out. We're gonna make it hard for you, but you're, you're getting out. And you go, yeah, yeah, hang on, actually, we, we don't really want, we don't really want the out. The thing is, we're really, like, like, I don't think this this whole thing of Europe making it hard for us. I don't think they are. I, I think, think they're they just are. acting in I their best interest. Yeah, I think, but I think that's 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 very much coming from the UK side of things because we're so messed up, like the government and and the press, and and they're almost making it like you're for making it hard. They're not like even the the what they're calling the divorce settlement. That's legal obligation. Even Nigel Farage was like, yeah, like we should pay that. Mm. Like he's he is the face of Brexit. And he's like, yeah, of course. Um, even with like what else is there? There's the Irish border. They've yeah. turned around and basically said because that's what's holding most things up. They've turned around and basically said. You created this problem. We don't want a border there, so fix it. Yeah, that's it. I don't think that's them playing games. Yeah. And the worst, what's the worst case scenario? If you don't have it, then it's a hard border. All they've got to do is have passport checks at, at Liverpool and uh, Wales, the ferry ports. 
I personally think. So we've got to do. It's not that complicated. I personally think. I personally think. Um, and I know this is just purely from a selfish point of view, but I wouldn't mind having a little part of the UK. Like, that I, I can go and get cheap hoodies and whatever else. So I'm obviously not serious, so I don't think do that. But I think they are making it a lot more complicated. Like, well, I think we're making it a lot more complicated than it needs yeah. to be. Like, I'm, I'm really, and it's like, ultimately, if you can't work here, this is the thing. If you can't work here, without I could be wrong, so correct, like, feel free to correct me, right? You're assuming I'd know better. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't work here, if you're not, if you don't go through the proper checks, yeah. right? Why am I going to go, like, what benefit is it for me to go to Ireland, cross the border, then get on a ferry to come to England if I can't work? That's a long way to claim asylum when I could just come over here on a holiday and then claim asylum or just do what people normally do. Like, yeah. I don't see the benefit and what the whole argument is about to stop. Obviously, I get the whole, literally, with regards to just um, what, like, Ireland and, Ireland and, um, Ireland and Northern Ireland. Mm -hmm. But let me give you an example. I think it's Denmark, I believe, who I believe are part of the EU. I might have to double check that. But even if they're not, they've got different alcohol laws. They have really, really high taxes on their alcohol, right? So people who live in the south of Denmark, very regularly, drive across the border to Germany, buy their alcohol, and just come back. And they send themselves loads of money and have a day trip. Now, it's like, it almost seems like that's the worst case scenario. Like, that's what can happen. Canada and America do it. Yeah, they have stops and they have random stops and checks. But that's a very common thing. I've heard stories where um, people who live near the border in Canada actually pay, like the import cost if they do it by post, it's so expensive, that what they'll do is have a PO box just the other side of the border. Um, and every like every Friday, they just drive down, collect their stuff. Because then it's like free delivery, for example, Amazon, because it's an American address. They just drive over the border, pick up their stuff, and then drive back home. Mm. Like this side of kind of stuff happens all over the world. And it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Do you know what the, the interesting thing as well is? I know a lot of European, like people from European countries mm. that are pro-Brexit. Okay. And it was funny because I knew a lot of, uh, I remember years ago, I was talking to like a, a group of people uh, from India. And they were also, um, they were also against the EU. And their logic on it was, they had to jump through X, Y, Z hoops to get here. It was so hard to get here and get settled and this and that. And I know even people from Europe that are here now, you've got to think most most uh, times when we have like an influx of migrant workers, mm. they're not coming over and applying to be CEOs of FTSE 100 companies. Yeah. They're coming over and they're taking it like the lower end jobs. Yeah. And most of the time they work their way up. Yeah. Like if you look predominantly, like, okay, so we're in Slough. If yeah. you look at a lot of Asian families in Slough and yeah. doing quite well for themselves. Yeah. But in the 70s, they were coming over, doing really menial work, mm. working their backsides off, living five families in a house or whatever, yeah. just hustling. Yeah. Yeah. And then making a better life for themselves. Yeah. And, and oftentimes they don't want more immigration because they're like, they're just going to undercut me. Yeah. I've undercut I've, people already. I don't yeah. want to get undercut I've anymore. I've heard that argument a lot. And personally, um, I think it's a really selfish argument. Of course. Um, I've even had like very close people who, who, who have had to come over from like 
South America or like other places saying certain things. And it's like, I kind of feel like you're here. You're benefiting from it. Whatever you have to go through, like that's just a process. Someone else's process might be easier, but they're still trying to achieve the same thing as you are. They don't, they don't create the process. Yeah. They just do what they can to try and have a better life. <laughs> that's like me saying, oh, me, you know, me putting a restriction on anything that they do that's easier. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah, when I've heard that argument before, and I think it's, I think it's um, very selfish, but it was quite a popular one. That's the thing, it I was think, quite popular during the ref- Brexit referendum. But I think it, it goes back to that point of people that do well tend to have more conservative views, yeah. and people that yeah. don't tend to have more yeah. socialist views. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. But um, just real quick, right, even though it is something we could probably dedicate like five podcasts to, I was talking, like I said, I was talking online to people about um, abortion law in America. Okay. So there's no there's no legal thing that can stop you from getting an abortion in America apparently even when you're 8 months pregnant you can get an abortion and this uh, Beto Beto O'Rourke was answered is that his name Beto O'Rourke I think, I think it's Beto O'Rourke I know yeah. Beto or B-E-T-O 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 Beto I don't know but he um so he was being asked uh, about his opinion yeah, Beto O'Rourke on uh, on late term abortions, and uh, the the conversation sparked up on a um. Oh, go on, go and play something. Hey there, this is Beto O'Rourke. There you go, Beto. That's how you say it. There you go. So <laughs> Beto O'Rourke was asked about his thoughts on late term abortions, and the clip that that was shown on this video was basically him saying, "I think that is a conversation that needs to be had between the woman and the doctor, and that's it." Right. Um, but then the, the clip got cut and uh, the video was like criticism of him and it was funny actually, it was kind of funny because the guys that were commenting on it they're kind of like comedians and uh, he, they said you need to stop these whores from killing their kids when they're like eight months pregnant which was it's one of those things you laugh at and then you feel immediately guilty for laughing at it because it's, it's harsh and uh, just, just for you people listening Denny just held it in really well <laughs> So, my view on it is this, right? First of all, it's not my body. I personally shouldn't have any say in it at all. I think if you're a guy, you shouldn't really have much of a say, much of a say in the general, uh, the general say-so of what women choose to do with their body. If it's your partner and she's having a kid, yes, I think your opinion should matter. But let's say, for example, you're a guy, your missus wants to have an abortion, you don't want her to have that abortion. You should, you should then be made to be financially responsible for that child for the rest of the time. And we say, yeah, well, we do have that because you know there are laws where you know you have to pay child support. That that gets skipped over all the time. There yeah, are loads of people that don't pay child yeah. support. So I think there needs to be much stronger punishments for guys that don't pay for their kids, unless they're in a position where they physically can't. So it needs to be like a proportion of your income needs to needs to be diverted to child support. But then even if you're unemployed, which is fine, don't know some people are unemployed, time you have a lot of, you can give time to your kids. So if it's a case of, yeah, I'm unemployed, I can't pay, pay child support, okay, well, your, your missus should be able to dictate that you spend 15, 20 hours a week watching your kids. Something like that. Okay. Then when okay. it gets onto the t- topic of abortion, I don't know where you are on it, so I'll just tell you what my, my thinking is. Okay. 
if you're one month pregnant mm. and you want to have an abortion, I don't think there should be anything legal that should stop you from doing that. Okay. If you're eight months pregnant and there's no physical disability that's been picked up, like if you've, if the doctors do checks and they go, listen, your kid's going to be born with all these kind of like pretty much life threatening illnesses. Okay. They're most likely going to have a short and painful life. Yeah. Do you want to have an abortion? I'd say that that should be a choice for those women. But if it's a case of your baby's fine, healthy, looking like no problems, I don't think you should be allowed to abort that child. Because if you if you decide to abort a one month developed fetus, there's no way you could physically take that fetus out of the out of the womb and have it survive. Right. It's, it's not physically possible. Okay. But an eight month developed fetus, mm. kids get born at seven, six and a half yeah, months yeah, all yeah, the time, yeah. and they survive. Yeah. And and they can go on to have normal lives. So my my thing is, you should have choice, but there should be some element of humanity. But then people get stuck on sides and they go, a one month old baby has a heartbeat. Yeah. That's it. You do, that's murder. See, to tell the truth, this is how I feel about it. Give it to me again. I'm lucky I can stay out of the conversation being a guy and it's never going to affect me physically. And I think despite whatever I kind of feel, I think the type... I, th I think trying to think of a scenario, you know, like if I was with someone and we were planning and we'd started and then, you know, they were all cool. And then at eight months, they said, actually, I don't know how I would deal with a situation. I'm pretty sure that that's such a rare, 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 rare occurrence. And that's not the general thing that happens. I totally get what you're saying with regards to an eight, eight month year old child, uh, eight month um, unborn child. Yep. Is can, you know. If someone said, oh, the child was born at eight months rather than nine months, like, you're not even going to think nothing. Today's technology, yeah, that, you know, child's got this, they're, they're good. My thing is, how do you enforce that? Like, so do you, what, do you strap the woman down and say, we're going to cut open your belly? Do you force her to induce labour? Like, uh, like, it's such a, for me, that's what I mean. It's like, you know what? I don't need to, that just sounds so nuts that I can, I feel, almost feel lucky that I don't need to, as a guy, I don't need to the issue really is, get involved in it. The issue is that you've got people on the other end of the spectrum going, abortion should be illegal, end of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got, you have women that are desperate not to have a kid because they say their family are very religious and they've yeah. messed up whatever, that they'll potentially put themselves into a life-threatening position of having a legal, dodgy, backstreet abortion Yeah. To because they're so scared of the outcome. And I think those kind of women should be protected. Just like I think an eight-month-old developed fetus should be protected as well. Yeah, yeah. But, that's, but, but, then, but then ultimately, like, that's, 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 um, that's, those, that's those people's choices. I don't, I don't know about, I don't know how I feel about forcing a woman or forcing anyone to, because that's what I mean, like, how, do you, how would you force someone to give birth to a baby at seven or eight months? The thing that's is, what I mean. Well, like, he, I don't here's, know. here's the thing: if a woman deliberately, let's say, for example, there's, you couldn't put yourself in a position where that baby passes away at eight months old that doesn't potentially kill you. Like if if you've got an, if if you've got an eight month old developed baby mm. inside you and and you, let's say for example, decide, I'm gonna make sure this baby don't live. I'm mm. just gonna fall flat on the floor, and kill that child. 
you still have to deliver that child and you're going to struggle to do it as well especially without, like, without assistance right. um, so essentially if it's got to that point that child yeah. has to be delivered yeah i think okay. i think you i think you could by all means say listen you have you're gonna have to deliver this baby regardless mm. living or dead you're gonna have to do it mm. if you don't want this child by all means we can put this child up for adoption there should be no legal requirement for a woman to keep her child right. because let's be honest you make it legal for a woman to keep her kid you'll find loads of kids on the doorsteps of churches yeah they'll just they'll just drop off their kid yeah there's no like and it happens uh, in india in fact it happens a lot they have hundreds of girls every week mm. dropped off at churches in in india yeah. because they're, they're seen as seen deemed as I being feel like worthy. this is a conversation where we need to get yeah, some people deep into it and yeah, get a woman's with, perspective women's perspective and also maybe someone a professional in the area because um yeah it's as i said for me it's a very short conversation it's like do you know what i don't yeah I, there's a lot i don't understand a lot i don't feel but I don't here's here's the it. big thing right what the, the reason why i brought it up is abortions or no abortions guns no guns in europe out of europe everyone just picks their team and no one wants to meet in the middle and going back to brexit You've got all these politicians that are like, no, I'm on my team. I'm not moving. Fuck you. And it's, it's not good. Mm. It's not good for anyone. And there needs to be some kind of rational discourse where we can just get together and just talk and go, we're going to find a compromise. That's it. There has to be a compromise. And there has to be a compromise about Brexit. has to be a co compromise about abortion laws. There has to be a compromise about gun laws. Mm. And, you know, what I think happened but going back to New Zealand... No assault rifles, it's a compromise. We still this have guns. This is the thing with politics, though, isn't it? Like, what you're saying is what a lot of the everyday person is saying. We're not politicians. Should be. This is the thing, though, isn't there? How much money in there? How much money is there in having one side and having the other side? Like, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I've got all these people and I keep things... You know, uh, pro gun. Are they trying to take the guns away? I could go and print a T-shirt that says, "You will not take my guns." How many people am I going to have that are going to buy that? As a simple example, mm. like it's such a it's such a monotonized form of politics to have division. You have look at look at Nigel Farage. Like one other policy. Tell me one other policy. Look at UKIP as a prime example. Once that, look how they've fallen apart. Yeah. They're just one but side. So many people. They they were the fastest growing party at one point, just because mm. of that. People like you said just picked a side, and they became the side, the thing that represented that side. And there's so much. For a few dickheads that are in powerful positions, there there's so much to gain from it. So I don't even think. I think. Look at the end of the day, even from a news perspective, how how much? And I know for I know for a fact with regards to like people and friends and families who have stopped speaking to other family members because of Brexit and things like that. But that's a rare, that's a rare situation. You're sitting here, you voted leave. I'm sitting here, I voted remain. I've got loads of other friends in a similar situation and we have these conversations. That's, that's, that's the majority. Yeah. When you look at it from, but it's gonna sell papers to, 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 to have the headline devices. If the headline said, everyone get along cool, carry on with their day to day, um, despite what their political beliefs are, yeah. No one gives a shit. Do you True. see what I mean? So it's it, it is um it is it's another in fact it's another conversation I think we should have and I'll invite a friend because I was saying something similar to do with with race in America and, and over here and I was saying sometimes the outcome of someone's action can have detrimental 
and almost racist or even sexist or prejudiced effect but the actual thought or the actual thing isn't it's like i could have an example i gave him was i could have um let's say i've got a company and i've got 100 people who are black who have worked really really well like the success of my company is pretty much down to them now when i'm about to retire i'm like i'm giving this company to my son now the sister the, the the effect of that is i've stopped a whole load of people potentially moving up in the ladder and then being able to provide better for their families and create better situations but so it's, it's systematic racism like the effect can be and you can very easily see people from the bottom arguing saying oh racism 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 but for me i'm just like no i'm handing this shit to my son i built it with my own bet like you know and now yeah. i'm giving it over to my son you see what i mean now nepotism whatever that happens but the effects can be seen as yeah detrimental when you continue it when there's nothing to ever stop it you stop the certain people from ever getting to a certain position and the power stays within the same within the same hands so it's one of those but i think that's a totally different yeah it's a big one yeah. that's, that's a big one we can go in on that but yeah man all right so we're, we're, we'll wrap up now man it's been like an hour and a half oh, we're shit. killing you guys oh, so if you have made it to this point thank you very much for putting up with our bullshit yeah um, yeah. But yeah, we'll just go through our. I'll, I'll give you straight away my throwback song and my throwback movie. My throwback song is Chingy. One call away. In fact, actually, is that the one I gave? That's not, I didn't that. give that yeah, last week. Because I was sitting there going, which one did I give last week? Which yeah, one didn't yeah. I give last week? In fact, I did give Chingy last week. I apologize, yeah, people. Yeah. I've been hitting the head a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, screw that. Screw that. My throwback song then for today, apologies, people, is going to be Obi Trice. Ooh. And it's gonna be uh, we all die one day or we all die someday. We all die one day. Obi Trice. You've been listening to Look the album, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've been banging the album. It's it's done with. I'm done with it now, but I was killing it last week. And um, my throwback movie. Uh, I'm gonna just say a line from the movie first. See if you get it. And he goes. Uh, he goes. You know, this bar is filled with all this low life scum. Not like these guys here. I mean, you guys are real class acts. These guys are real dirt. Oh, I know it as well. From Desperado. Oh, Desperado. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the it's biggest good. Mexican walks into this bar. Yeah. Filled with all kinds of low life scum. And then all the guys in the bar yeah. like sit up and they go, he goes, not like these guys. I mean, <laughs> your guys here, class acts. <laughs> so yeah, man, Desperado, yeah. six part. I watched that last night on a late one. Cool, cool. Okay, so my throwback song, just because I was at Garage Nation, um, is Sorry by Monster Boy. Yeah, that's the one. Shout out. I mean, I know you like that tune there. And my throwback film, um, I was chatting to a mate and they were asking me, like, we were scrolling through Sky, like, what film they should watch and that. And they ended up choosing Hurricane. Denzel Washington. One of my favourites, bro. It's a good film. One of my favourites. Denzel Washington came out in 1999. Um, do you want to tell us what it's about? So Ruben the Hurricane Carter yeah. was a black professional boxer back in the day. There was a killing that happened, uh, I think it was at a bar, and um, he was pulled over and he was asked you know, uh, to, to, to come down and, and see if he could be identified. Basically this, uh, this guy who'd been shot uh, looked at him, said no, and then died, and yet still the cop who was a corrupt cop had been after this guy since he was a kid in and out of foster homes, gotten convicted of murder, wrongfully convicted of murder, and it's a story of his life. 
and uh, and his attempt to, to regain freedom through and it was weird it was like at a point where everyone had given up on him and just this kid read his life story his autobiography and decided to, to pick up the challenge it's a beautiful story man mm. i love it and i love that there's a bit where he's he's written his manuscript and he thinks people are coming to take it away so he wraps himself with like towels and stuff he puts a towel around his neck and that and he, he gets a can't remember i think he gets like a some some soap or something he puts it in his mouth as like a gum shield and then he wraps his hands in like shirts and he's saying to the guards he's like bring your asses in here line you up one by one i'll take you all and then the warden comes because they're about to raid his cell and the the guy's like you guys got a death wish you ain't going in there i was like yes (laughs) don't fuck with denzel (laughs) denzel's a sick actor yeah you gotta rate him and even uh i watched the clansman recently uh oh, yeah. the black clansman his with son. his his yeah, son yeah, yeah. and I, I do you know what? you got to rate his son as well for not trying to piggyback off his dad yeah yeah, yeah. there was yeah. a there was a movie that he went for he went for the the role mm. and he didn't tell his dad that he was going for the role and he didn't get it either okay and then his dad found out later he's like why didn't you tell me he's like because i if i get a yeah, job yeah. i want that job to be because yeah. i deserved it not he was I'm in son. um that tv show with ballers Ballers, I didn't realise that was, that was his son. Yeah, man, he then. was sick in that he show. He was sick in that, yeah. I didn't realise that was his son. Because yeah. when I watched um, uh, Black Clansman, I was like, oh, shit, that's the guy from Ballers. Yeah, and then yeah. when I looked after, I was like, shit, that's Denzel Washington's yeah, son. Yeah. I just watched it. But yeah, just real quick before we do go, I'm going to bust a little shout out to an old school friend of mine who messaged me this week saying that he listens. Uh, his name's Adam. I'm not going to shout out your surname because I'm going to quote a catchphrase that you coined in school that might get you a little bit of heat now. But when I was... 14, 15, I found it funny as hell. We were walking out of drama class one day. He says, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot. I said, what's that? Because just, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Incest is best. Oh, shit. <laughs> and we creased him yeah. up. That was just random little comment. Like that. He had a sick sense of humour when he was a kid. Obviously, he's just joking. But, uh, but yeah, man, as a 14, 15-year-old, I found that hilarious. <laughs> and I still remember it to today. So, yeah, man, shout out to Adam. Thanks for listening, bro. Cool. Uh, I'm Lewis. I'm Benny. And we're out. Peace.